welcome to more to come. PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded at various places of shelter around New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly, Editor of PW Comics World, and Editor of The Fanatic, PW's uh, twice-a-month comics and pop culture newsletter. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I am the editor-in-chief of The Beat at ComicsBeat.com, and you can find us on Twitter at at PWComicsWorld. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer, and you can find us online on Tumblr at PWComicsWorld.tumblr.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to more to come on iTunes. And on Facebook, we're at Facebook.com slash PWComicsWorld. And don't forget, you can send us a letter. You can leave us a rating. You can let us know what you think. We love to get feedback. So please, uh, you know, give us a star rating, uh, five stars if you like, or one star, if, you know. But, uh, yeah, just let us know how we're doing. We love feedback, especially nowadays because we're lonely. Yes, boy, boy, I'll say. So, yes, we've been staring at the four walls. So drop us a note. Anyway, this week on More to Come. DC's pandemic uh, distribution scheme and reaction. Uh, support for retailers out there. San Diego Comic Con canceled. It's it, it's it's bitter taste in my mouth just to say that. Uh, and on the rise of more digital distribution in this post-pandemic era. So, wow, where do we begin? Uh, Oof, boy, all distribution. Loose. So yeah, there were signs of life. Uh, in the past two weeks, since last we convened here on Skype, um, you know, Diamond announced that they were uh, going to come back in mid-May. They were going to start thinking about shipping comics in mid-May. And mm-hmm. uh, so that w- w- press release hit our email inboxes about 9.01 on last Friday. And then at 9.02, we got this press release from <laughs> D.C., Announcing, well, it wasn't really a press release. It kind of hit it a little bit. But anyway, the news broke that DC was also coming back, but they were coming back early. They will be back next week, next Tuesday, mm. yes. 28, with two new distributors, Lunar and UCS. And yes. so immediately, the, the <laughs> comics industry, comics journalists, retailers was shook yeah. to their core and uh, mm. quickly, quickly emerged. That UCS was actually a division of Midtown Comics and Lunar was a division of, uh, DCBS, which is Direct mm-hmm. Comic Services, which is a mail order company, a very large, they're, they're Diamond's yeah. two largest clients. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I sort of suspected it was UCBS or DCBS and, and Midtown when I saw it, but I, I thought, I bet you they, they reversed it so that UCS was Midtown and, Lunar was UCB, a uh, DCBS, right? See how mm-hmm. I'm confused? And I was right. They kind of did an old switcheroonie to make it yeah. you know, misdirection. Here's my question. Is DCBS, did that used to be Mile High Comics? No. No, I don't think so, yeah. Okay. Not at all, no. <clears throat> it used to be now, something I, else, but not Mile High. Yeah, yeah and I yeah, didn't I, know that, I didn't know that much about them. I, I learned about this, uh, as this w- was developing. But I also learned that uh, this creates some really big problems for many retailers because they see these two who are stepping into national distribution here as their competitors. Right. Yeah. And so let's just say that the reaction was swift 
and oh. very, very negative from retailers. It was more like, like, I mean, if you thought they didn't like, so, so, you know, DC keeps putting out these ideas, like, well, maybe, and they announced that they were looking at different distributors to, uh, you know, mm-hmm. like four weeks Couple ago. Couple weeks so back. They, yeah. They, they, they did this from jump. And, uh, so, so, but then they were like, oh, we're going to do digital. Oh my God, no, you can't do that. That will destroy comics. And then, you know, this whole comic hub, uh, idea came up that we talked about last time. Yeah. It was like, no, you can't do that. That will destroy comics also, you know, <laughs> and now this new idea was absolutely, if you thought the other two, well, you, you know, it, maybe it wasn't going to destroy comics, but, but I, 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 so, so Brian wrote this 19-point manifesto on Facebook. Brian Hips, yes, from Brian uh, Hips, Comics yes. Mm-hmm. That is just the most, um, like, uh, vitriolic thing I've ever read. I mean, he calls it, <laughs> like, uh, the, 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 this, what is he, I called it, uh, a, a tiny slate of garbage. A tiny slate of garbage. Mm. Like, the comics that they're re- releasing are a tiny slate of garbage. And, uh, you know, one of the big... So it's a tiny slate of garbage, but it's going to kill comics if it's not put out by Diamond. Yes, that's correct, Kate. Well, yeah, certainly at a certain point in this, uh, in his argument, that is what he makes. Um, But, I mean, there are other points that he makes before he gets to that point um, that I think are less kind of hysterical. Um, (laughs) And and, and that is that... Not hard. um, And that is primarily that... uh, why are you asking us to do business with uh, retailers with, with two entities who are retailers, and you're asking us to give our most pertinent business information over to them? And yeah, yeah, that's 100 percent right, and that's that's that. That's, I mean, in some ways, that's the core of the argument. I mean, I actually, I mean, I talk with a couple of retailers. I, I, you know, I know Cardiangelo on in Earth Two on the West Coast. I talk with. Uh, you know, Mitch Cutler here, the former, you know, the owner of the, you know, the legendary St. Mark's Comics now closed. He's doing some consulting around the business. Um, and, you know, that, that was kind of immediate. In fact, the first thing, uh, Carr said to me was, you should ask Mitch Cutler, would he do business with, <laughs> with, right. you know, with Midtown as a retailer? So, I mean, that is a core, but believe me, it spirals into other, Fears and um, uh, dark projections. After that, that yeah, including a, the end of oh, comics as we know it. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, there is this, there is this thread on Facebook, and a lot of people who I really respect uh, weigh in, like Bill Shanus and um, Ron Turner and uh, Joe. Uh, I don't know, Joe Field is in there, but uh, uh, I think Carr is in there, and like a lot of very respected retailers, Eric Reynolds and Fanographics, and yes, they sir, yes. are all. Like I can't believe this is happening. On my, yeah. I wrote my post and I, I, I went through. I didn't want to name them just because when this is, you know, they're going to be embarrassed by it later on. But uh, other than here's some of the quotes. But other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how did you like the shit show? It's a dismal <laughs> mess. This is be a beyond fucked up move by DC. This makes me want to drop new comics and just deal with graphic novels and back issues. Well said, and I am in total agreement. Basically, using the pandemic to force this change is deplorable. Um, another, DC is acting like a very wounded, hungry animal. Its plan is a disaster. Uh, and finally, yeah. it could not be made more plain to me by DC this week that I only need to order my DC subs and nothing else. Now, th- part of this to me, this is the, the issue that I brought up another time, but not recently, that uh, the incredible 
a suspicion. I, I, I'm not going to call it wariness. The flat out distrust that between retailers and their primary uh, suppliers, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. DC Absolutely. and Marvel. It's this. It's breathtaking. Sometimes <laughs> now, there are there are there are a number of scenarios here that uh, that people immediately leap to the most extreme positions on. Now, maybe they're right. I'm not a retailer. I also, I want to say this. I, I'm not a retailer. <clears throat> I'm not an every Wednesday guy. I I'm, I care about uh, direct market shops. I go to them regularly. Uh, I don't go every Wednesday um, because I just want to see what's going on. Right. Uh, but it, you, know, you could – if you're dispassionate or disinterested, you could say, for instance, with part of this distribution plan, you might say, well – because uh, part of this thing is DC is going to start distributing its some of its least popular titles um, uh, to retailers who happen to be open. Because another part of this that we haven't mentioned is yeah. that retailers – I mean half the retailers are closed because of the pandemic, and they right. can't do business anyway or barely. Yeah. And exactly. more than half. More than half. And, and they're not – they don't really – many of them don't want new products coming in yeah. because they can't do anything. Plus, they don't have any revenue anyway to pay for anything that comes in. Uh, now, you have a whole bunch of other retailers, not, not a whole bunch, but some, certainly in the middle of the country, uh, you know, in certain states, they're open for business and they want new product. Right. And, you know, so this is going to start, and apparently Jim Lee went on the record somewhere saying, hey, we're going to uh, stress test what's out there. And release a few titles. Now, on the surface, this seems fairly reasonable. A little product for people who are open and can do some business. And we're not going to throw out the most popular titles. Everyone's talking about that punchline title coming down to right. Batman. Right. You know, we're which holding we, that back. Which we had a writer, James Tiny, and as a guest on the podcast. Yes, actually, you go back, back in the, back in the old, olden days and then before time, yes. And hold back on, you know, because DC was also going to go for, you know, at one point they were talking about, well, we'll just release digital. And, of course, that sent everybody crazy. They're going to hold back on the digital. Now, so some of these plants, I mean, almost every plant to me seems trying to tread, you know, through this schism, you know, and deliver a little bit without overwhelming everybody. But nobody will accept any part of it. Well, I mean – it's not even like they're detaching from Diamond, right? They're still working with Diamond. It's yeah. just that Diamond is temporarily closed. And, you know, but even just the possibility that Diamond's monopoly might on, on floppies might be broken has everyone going, ah, it's the end of the world. We're all going to get eaten. It's terrible. You know, you know, Brian, and again, I love Brian as a friend. I love, you know, in every way. And it's okay. We disagree through the years. It doesn't impact our friendship. We're able to talk things out, okay? Uh, and I'm not even, sh- I'm not quite sure whether he's wrong or not, but I, I, I just, so uh, in the, in the, the article that I wrote on the beat, 
uh, people have a lot of objections to it. And Brian comes on and he refutes them. And, and one of them is uh, something we've said on the podcast. A, a reader named Bob writes, this is a medium fueled by habitual purchases. Taking it away for an extended period of time might potentially destroy the direct market. And then Brian, God love him, answers, potentially, maybe, but encouraging channel shift, print to digital, market shift, San Francisco to Alabama, or the desyncing of periodical re- releases will absolutely destroy the DM. Unlike- San Francisco to <laughs> Alabama? Well, he just means like, you know, the mail order will go from, yeah. I don't know what he means, Kate. I don't really yeah. know what he means. Okay. But well, I mean, how, I do mean you, how do you know? How do you know that people not getting comics for two months isn't going to kill a lot of readers? I mean, nobody don't knows. Know. I don't think that will kill them because the people that want uh, weekly comics want them. And I, do, I don't think that uh, uh, personally, I don't think. That will destroy. Now, I, I'm not going to criticize uh, Brian for thinking that uh, because he knows a hell of a lot more about mm-hmm. selling anything than I do. Uh, but we're in an impossible situation. I, every option cannot be characterized as the end of the world. I yeah. do, or or that the players involved are are are, are operating in bad faith. I. Think DC, I don't think DC is trying to destroy the direct market. I don't think no. DC is trying to, you know, end, uh, d- destroy Diamond. I think DC is trying to find some kind of middle way through an impossible situation. Yeah. Now, I mean, like, there is no another point. issue out there. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Kate. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. What I was going to say is, is at no point has anyone said what exactly they think the comic companies should do i mean it seems like releasing a small slate of mediocre content but hey at least there's some new stuff might be a reasonable middle way between like releasing big titles before everyone's open or releasing nothing so nobody gets any money i mean but, but what exactly do they want dc to do like i'm not really sure it's hard to know and at the same time the other proposal to maybe let some digital out, the notion um, uh, that digital is, de- as they put it, desynced from print is continues to be terrifying to comics retailers, even though we have seen that digital doesn't really do away with the desire to buy print. You know, with this thing I said, digital is here to stay, and it is a tool. It will never take over print books the way it did music. No. It is a different medium. And I said, this is my simple three-sentence summary. I have spoken. And, you know, like retailers, look, I mean, I understand you don't want to give Midtown and DCBS yes. your info. All right. Fair yes. enough. Fair enough. You know, some retailers, we're fine with this. Some retailers, I mean, Ryan Higgins, he's a bit of a free-spirited troll. He was, you know, tweeted uh after as this you know as this firestorm was scorching the earth he tweeted uh um well just uh cool just ordered some dc comics that will have and be able to sell in less than two weeks easy <laughs> i mean some people just went ahead and ordered them you know and and i saw like you know just there was a um there was a uh, you know, people saying, oh, then DC has abandoned Diamond. Well, they have an abandoned Diamond, but that, uh, there's a little bit of a, um, there was some confusion there. So Diamond quickly put out their own 
um, yes. you know, statement after this DC bombshell came out. And, uh, they said, oh, we're still, uh, distributing D- D- DC Comics, but, uh, just so you know, uh, they are not going to be, uh, you know, we're only doing it when it's safe. And, yes. um, yeah. And then they put out a, then, however, they put out, uh, a, a big long thing. And so uh, I'm not even going to get into the minutiae because it's going to make our listeners, your eyes glaze <laughs> over it. And I also personally don't understand it, but the issue, you know, where are these comics? Where are these comics? Like the issue, they mean were the early, the stuff that yes. they didn't really, yeah, yeah. I, so I assume they're in, in the warehouse. That's where everybody assumes they are. Right. And then, so is DC reprinting these comics to go through lunar and, and UCS, um, and then they said that all the old orders were canceled, and then Diamond came out and said, no, they're yeah. not canceled. Uh, so what is the status of orders I place with Diamond Comic? All orders are still in our system, and we have inventory that will allow us to fill those orders. Well, you know, that actually, if you read that, it doesn't say that they're going to fill those orders. They just say they can. So, yeah. Well, um, you know, what could be happening is that Diamond has some of the comics, and, and DC has some that they never got out to Diamond. I mean, it yes. could be that. Too. Now, there, there, in fact, there might be enough to distribute to the small number of accounts that are, can still handle some comics at this point. Yes, right. And so, and you know, some states. I mean, obviously, hey, you can go bowling in Georgia if you're an idiot. Well, don't you know? know. And Arkansas apparently is wide open. You know, yeah. So. so there are certain states where you could just waltz right in and buy your comics. Um, yes. Now, DC did something else that did not get quite the reaction as the distribution thing did, but they announced that they were expanding their digital first program and they were starting with doing daily digital releases of some material that was originally published in uh, the DC Giants, which are the books that go to Walmart. Hey, remember when DC oh, doing right. comics at Walmart was going to destroy comics? Remember <laughs> yes, that? well, mm-hmm. almost everything, you know. <laughs> Well, yeah. How many I, times I have it. comics been destroyed? I mean, it, it, they're destroyed on a weekly basis, but that's a whole other story. Yeah. Um, so, or in fact, that's the story we're talking about. But anyway, so go on. DC is a expanded their digital, which is what I think I said this on the podcast. If I didn't say it on our podcast, I said it on a podcast I did last week with David Harper uh, of Sketched, where I said, you know what I would do if I was the publisher of Marvel DC? I'd start getting web comics out there. I'd do it one page a day or one page every two days or three days or four days, however much I could do it, like a comic strip, like a Sunday comic. Guess what? Digital comics. People read them. You'll get your characters out there. You'll keep them alive, okay? And, like, you do it one page a week. And you put a collection, and the retailers can sell it, and everyone is happy. Okay, so I don't yep. know. And that we're going to yes, go on. Not Sorry. A, yes, there's a lot of digital things that are happening. So we don't know that DC is doing that, but a lot of people have suspected that this digital first thing is just the start of a bigger digital initiative by DC. Well, you know, one of the things in this in this uh, comic, the comics industry also is that publishers doing. The most obvious and um, a prudent planning for the future uh, and and looking at the market and planning to respond to it is treated like uh, a cabal and a, a, um, a secret, um, you know, and it, it well treated like a comic book plot that an evil yeah. villain is yeah. about to destroy the world as we know it. Yeah. Uh, any publisher today that is not making plans to uh, publish digital comics. It's crazy. This does not mean that they hate print, that they're abandoning print. 
it means that they uh, better be planning for the world as as it is in many ways and as it will be. And it will be a world of print and digital. Um, DC planning to do print. I don't know where they are. They certainly have done some di- – they do digital comics now. They will do digital comics in the future. To treat this as though it's some sort of betrayal of the marketplace is kind of nuts. Well, I did not see Outcry, I guess, the, the DC Digital first. Oh, interestingly, maybe I just missed it. Maybe it happened where I can't yeah. see it because there's a lot – you know, most of the retailer discourse takes part in these secret forums that, you know, people can't see. But, um, you know uh, – uh, and on the record, I love print too. I want print. I, love pr- I adore print. <laughs> I use digital. And, and, and I, print, I, I used it, yeah. Yeah, well, I like no print. Evidence. I want print. There's no, listen, digital killed the news media. We do know that, okay? It kills killing newspapers and magazines, absolutely, because those are things that people read to get information, and the web is much better at it. But for yeah. entertainment, for comics and books, we don't have any evidence that digital is going to kill either of those paper mediums. Now, I do have a question. Let me throw this out. There is one thing that I haven't seen anyone address, and um, you know, maybe you have Heidi, but let me see. What uh, once we're into, say, the fall, and maybe Diamond is up again? What's to happen with these other two distributors? Do they intend to continue to be national distributors, or what? Well, that's a very good question, isn't it? Uh, and so I think I, I mentioned this last time uh, that we were here. Now, one fact that has come out of this is that DC is no longer exclusive with Diamond. Okay? Yes, that's right. And uh, I saw somebody I, – I, anyway, I think that's been all – I mean, it's obviously, you know, maybe the, 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 the cessation of shipping because of coronavirus – invalidated yeah. the contract, but I think it's more likely that this existed before that DC, because they said they've been exploring other options right along. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, my guess is that they will. Yeah. Well, well, now, it, that's interesting, too. So if, if say, uh, will we be in a world, uh, uh, a comic book industry world, where for the first time uh, there are at least three major, uh, periodical comics distributors. Um, I mean, I know in the, in the world, uh, the comic book world now, the most, um, the, 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 the most popular epithet to throw at Diamond, and you can have to say whatever I think you want about Diamond, they are a, the dominant, um, supplier in the comic book industry, uh, that they're a monopoly. That's like the, you know, that's sort of the reflexive reference to them. I don't use the word because I understand that they have a dominant position, uh, but it's, you're also basically saying that they're breaking the law. And really, it's up to the Federal Trade Commission and the Justice Department to decide whether or not uh, someone is a monopoly. Uh, and and, um, and when if they do, then they, they would, will file a restraint of trade suit against them. Well, which, Diamond would already uh, rule that they're not a monopoly. They already were not. That, and they got away with it. So well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, well, I think many people in the comic industry sort of say believe. I mean, they refer to uh, Diamond as monopoly as somehow that they they do it and get away with it. Uh, I don't know. Um, but um, I've had some, uh, some retailers say, okay, well, you know, now we'll have three. We'll have three um, uh, national distributors, 
And probably Diamond will be the best of the three. So maybe this is the best thing that could happen to everyone. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, listen, there's already other distributors that are – sure. You know, there's Ingram, there's Random Penguin Random House, there's other book distributors. But periodical comics. I mean, yeah. really, they don't do periodical comics. Ingram, they they don't do that. You know, no, no. Diamond is it for the period? I mean, there might there there's some aren't there some really small regionals uh, that'll that do a few independent. I mean, there's Tony Shelton. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> um. But but you know indie comics of uh, like but, but Diamond is a totally dominating force. Um, yeah. Now one but they thing also that... do their job better than anybody because nobody wants to get into this business. I don't know. I feel like it's all to the good if there are more distributors, as long as it doesn't turn into battle of who's exclusive with who. I mean, if there are concerns that you don't want to give discount comics distributors or. Midtown, your information, then just don't buy from them. And once this is over, they'll fold. Like, I, I guess, I don't know, maybe this is naive of me. I don't know. I'm just, yeah. I, I just don't see the problem. Even if Diamond's market share gets a little bit smaller, I don't see this 400-pound gorilla of the industry going anywhere or being significantly financially hurt by anything that the major companies are saying they're going to do at this moment. Might they be, be significantly hurt by coronavirus? Well, yes, but so is everybody. But, like, you're shipping a few moderately crappy comics through two other guys, like, I think Diamond will live. <laughs> I, well, I mean, it seems to me too, but you know, um, some people just see it as a that they're an abandonment of yeah. you know the oh. you know the, the the defender of the direct market. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, there was people on that thread who who hate Diamond who were like, "I can't believe this is happening." Yeah. yeah so I'm sure I mean. Kate, no, Kate, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Plus, I think that there's also this group that – oh, sorry. Go on, Kate. (laughs) Go ahead. Sorry. So, So, I mean, it's just like all these small comic shops that are tiny businesses on a margin of nothing that are in deep, deep danger. I don't personally have – any room in my limited amount of anxiety left for other people's businesses <laughs> to worry about whether Diamond's precious business model may be mildly, slightly injured. I mean, like, do I worry about, you know, Comic Masters in Allentown going out of business? Yeah. Do I worry about Diamond? Please. <laughs> So, uh, just one more little, uh, you know, bomb to drop on all this. So then, so as I was about to say, so Jen King also posted, this is a public post, so I'm not, uh, talking out of school. Uh, Jen King, I've been helping connect publishers, retailers, and distributors together, and this is one that feels like a great fit. 
Corner Box is owned by parent company D6, which already distributes games and has a huge warehouse in Iowa and has all of the infrastructure present to get this going quickly. An option to the other ones recently presented, if we can get a quorum of retailers signed up. The publishers are watching to see if the retailers like this format and will join if we do. It's a chicken and egg scenario. One of us has to go first to prove to the other it's viable. It costs us nothing as retailers to sign up and have a second source for products in case of any future hiccups. You've been saying you want another option for years and years. So here you go. I think so. Yeah. So this went, and uh, you know, this got like 19 comments, and then people are like, "Oh, yeah, interesting." Like, you know, yeah. that for some reason nobody went bug fuck when they heard that, or bug, yeah. sorry, bug crap. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, this is the distributor. Uh, they they're not connected to uh, a giant retailer of any kind, right? Uh, and you know, I mean, what. To me, what people seem to be ignoring is that we're in a really extreme emergency situation, and the whole idea of all of this structure is to evolve back towards something that uh, resembles the uh, what was gone before. Now, I do agree that we may come out of this emergency situation with new views of the industry and how the business in it should be conducted, but we're going to have to kind of sort that out on the other side. Uh, either way, I don't see this as – the end of comics as we know it, but maybe just the end of a few business models as we know it. Yeah. Well, everything is going to change. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I to think that's – Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, but I we do don't think know... as far as distributing periodical comics, I think Diamond will still end up being uh, big man on campus. Yeah. I do. I agree. Um, You know, Calvin – I was yeah. chided by uh, some of our listeners last time that when we were talking about other models that we didn't mention bookshoporg.org. Uh, we should have. I thought we did mention bookshop.org, but but um, we certainly should because they're a, a, a fascinating uh, business model and fundraising support system. Can you tell us a little bit about what it is? Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I didn't expect to talk about it. I should know more about it quickly because I've actually been um, – uh, they, they're, uh, uh, they, they basically allow you to uh, make a purchase online, and, and if I'm not mistaken, part of the money goes to – you can uh, direct it to a local bookstore or comic shop I think now are, are involved in it. Some of the big publishers – I know Simon and Schuster uh, is partnering with them also – so, uh, I, you know, I've been, um, I've been maintaining a, a, a running list of special offers, discounts, and events, um, uh, generated by, as, as a response to the pandemic. Um, and usually what I'm listing are people who are either giving stuff away, publishers who are offering deals to retailers, um, people who are doing fundraising for, um, uh, for retailers, bookstores, as well as comics retailers. And I've done several listings, um, and you can find them at publishersweekly.com, not necessarily in the comics folder, but uh, it's called COVID-19 Updates, uh, Special Offers, Events, and Discounts. And I've been up, uh, I'm updating them every week with multiple. In fact, uh, I've got everything from, uh, which we'll talk about a little bit, uh, Forbidden Planets, um, uh, well, you know, what? Me get, you know what? I, I know. Yeah, I know. Kate has a Kate has a list of those, yes. and maybe Kate can run down some of them. So before, that's true. But, but before we do that, I want to say, you. oh, go, go on. on. I'm saying, but Bookshop.org is a very important and uh, um, uh, new effort to support uh, bookstores and now comics retailers, and there are others out there as well. 
Yeah. Now, I just want to say, just as a little segue to talking about these other positive things. So I did run a story on bookshop.org. And again, you go in, you sign up for a storefront, and then Ingram ships the books out. Okay? Mm-hmm. So you don't have to do anything. You just make your little storefront, and then you get like 30% of the money if anybody buys one of those books. Yeah. And then... uh uh, then the comments on this on the beat were astonishing to me uh, from well-known people. Uh, how they Jamie, Jamie Colville, an Eisner judge, how is this different than, say, abebooks.com, that Ingram is mailing out the books instead of bookstore staff doing it themselves? Now, abebooks is like a used bookstore yeah. mm-hmm. that goes on yeah. Amazon, okay? Um, you know, Brian Hibbs, of course, uh Awful margin, though, 100% not sustainable, especially if it encourages any level of channel creep. Uh, well, you know, it's free money, Brian. You just put the thing up. I know. Up, it's meant to sell. help. Right. <laughs> that, that, but here's the best one. I wonder what percentage of the books shipped through this are PO print-on-demand through Lightning Source, which may not be viable. They're books, people. They went through yeah. – Ingram ships all the damn books. I like yes. – I like – Holy cow, like people, like I thought I wrote a story that was understandable, but I guess it wasn't. Yikes. And so what if they're POD? POD works just fine. And and I mean, like, I'm sorry that you're worried that this business model might not be sustainable, but they're Ingram. I think they know what they can afford to ship. And if the website just doesn't work anymore someday, well, we'll live. But seriously, who, who appointed you business analyst to every single, you know, thing that springs up that's trying to help you? Well, this, you know, this is a certain kind of uh, mentality that's, uh, well, anyway, I'm, I'm not going to say that. doesn't matter. Uh, I, I don't understand all the criticisms. Once again, this is a way um, to sell books and to help book retailers. Uh, and to help you buy online, particularly now in a crisis situation, and actually direct some funds to your local bookstore, which could use it. So uh, to me, it seems like a win-win situation. I don't know that it's channel creep. I don't know that everyone's going to use it for every book they purchase ever for now on. Mm. Um, I, I just don't think that offering up different business models uh, that you can try simply means – People are going to abandon every other way that they buy books. Uh, right. Uh, and people, I, people want to buy books. Bookstores are physically closed. If you don't want – if you're worried about channel shift, uh, if you don't want you to lose all your business to Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com, then you've got to give people an option that doesn't require workers at stores that are shut down to sneak yeah. in – and hope that the cops don't arrest them. <laughs> well, that's that's a good summing up, actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. Uh, so then, you know, Friday was just like a news bombshell. Uh, some other news came, and you know, we we've been expecting this since this began. Yeah, but you know, it's official that there will not be a San Diego Comic Con this year. Yeah, the first I one mean, in it, many many years. Yeah. Ha- yeah. Has there ever been a Miss San Diego Comic Con since they first were established, Heidi? <laughs> No, no, there wasn't. And they just no. uh, they celebrated the fiftieth one last year with a gala, you know, and um, so you know, uh, like um, I mean, if they did hold it, I wouldn't go. Would you, Calvin? Well, I mean, no, I'm, I wouldn't. You know, I'm. That's, yeah, 
um, and you know we're and we're going to probably be having this conversation also as when we get a little close to the fall about when will we all feel comfortable about attending big public events. Um, but um, uh, certainly um, the cancellation of San Diego Comic Con is uh, a a weird landmark event. Yeah. Um, uh, at the same time, it also means a whole uh, a smaller level of other things to worry about. You know, uh, refunds uh, and the like. Um, and um, there was even some ancillary information about the Comic Con Museum, which is undergoing construction or something, and they're going to have to they're re, they're rethinking or rephasing uh, when that will be open. So, uh, I mean, it's hard to know what even to, to say. I mean, we've seen the cancellation of big international book fairs like the London Book Fair, the Bologna. Um, it's a trade show, but the the Bologna uh, Children's Book Fair is a huge event. Uh, Book Expo and Book Con, uh, both canceled for this year. TCAF, Emerald City Comic Con mm. has been postponed, um, to the fall. We'll see, uh, how that goes. No, TCAF and, has been, it's been postponed to 2021. They're not holding it this year. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Sorry. TCAF, yes. Absolutely. Sorry. Uh, they, yeah, they've been canceled for this year. Uh, Emerald City, though, has been postponed, right? Yes, Emerald has been postponed. We're correct, waiting. Yeah. And Mocha, supposedly, uh, postponed but we will see whether those events will be held yeah and you know some people are putting it in terms of it's postponed till 2021 which yes, in I other know. words it's canceled yeah um yeah but i that, guess people don't like the canceled word it makes them so sad. i think there's a lot of legalities that are involved in this with insurance and also ticket ticket vendors you know that we we talked a couple podcasts yeah. ago about how ace comic con was suing grotex and you know i've since learned i've talked to a couple more insiders and basically uh you know the ticket company always holds back their share you know they get a share of it and mm-hmm. uh some of them are i mean the ticket companies are really in trouble because there's no events eventbrite said that they yeah. were not going to uh give the money over for tickets until after the event is held and that's pretty major because like if you were doing something and selling tickets on eventbrite you know you'd get a little trickle of money that you would use to put on the event and now you're not going to get it until afterwards that's pretty major and uh, so yeah another industry in distress yeah yeah although uh, there is another virtual comic-con in this case virtual fan expo um planned for uh, may 2nd and 3rd it's going to have panels and q a's and a virtual vendor floor uh make of that what you will yeah there's a number of these uh virtual cons that have started uh we'll see how these i mean obviously that's one way or there was something the stay at home con um <laughs> that, that was launched I, I don't think it's taken place yet um the everywhere book fest which is a kids festival that's uh supposed to start may 1st um i mean i do think we're going to see this uh and we should see this in fact um you know i was supposed to be moderating the graphic novel panel at book expo and 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 uh, Gina Gagliano, my uh, conspirator, my partner in crime on this thing and organizing it, <clears throat> we are looking into the possibility of holding uh, some sort of virtual uh, panel, including the the original artists that we were going to talk to. 
probably around the time the book expo would have happened. We will see. This is all speculation at this point, but more to come, so to speak. Indeed. Um, so there are other, you know, things other than just virtual conventions that are being done by people in and around the comic industry to try to do something positive to save the comic industry. It hopefully will not get them pilloried by angry retailers. Um, Actually, if I could throw in one more thing. Yes. Actually, last weekend, I think it was Saturday, um, First Second held a virtual comics festival called Comic Release of Relief with a day-long a series of virtual panels uh, and presentations by artists on its list. I mean, Gene Yang, Lucy Nisley, um, Mark um, Mark uh, Siegel, a publisher slash artist himself, uh, and um, uh, as I understand it, they everything was archived, and they will be uh, seeing out information soon because they are going to post all of the sessions again, so people can come. It was all about how do you make comics, including making comics while you're. Uh, in a pandemic. So, so stay tuned for more information about that. So yeah. one of these positive things is, um, DC and Lion Forge slash Pony or whatever you choose to call them these days, uh, have contributed or rather have pledged they will contribute hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, $250,000 in the case of DC, $100,000 in the in the case of Oni Lionforge, um, through Bink, the Book Industry Charitable Foundation, to create the Comic Book United Fund um, to aid comic shops. Yes. So, I mean, it looks like the money will run out fast, but, you know, hey, get in there while you can. And, yeah, and the creators... For comics uh, auctions are being run to also support the same fund. Yeah, yeah. And what's really great about that is that uh, you know Creators for Comics was a very grassroots thing that was started. Had like hundreds of creators on Twitter doing their own auctions on Twitter. It was really chaotic, mm-hmm. and you know I couldn't follow it, but people did, and they pledged money. But uh, uh, you know the Bink, Calvin. I know you've written some stories about. Bink yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. In I fact. Mean, <clears throat> Actually, Bink kind of uh, teamed up with um, with Line Forge, I think, last year to launch yes, the Forge Fund. Yes, they started the Fund. Forge Fund. Yes, um, which was basically to for those who don't know about Bink, Bink is a has is a long running uh, foundation that functions in the book world uh, and basically supplies uh, supplies grants to booksellers in need. The, they teamed up with Line Forge to create you know um, a a fund for comic book retailers. Uh, so now, um, what we have here now is DC has joined this group this year with a $250,000, uh, donation to kind of create this new, and really kind of expand the comic book fund to the comic book united fund. So this is a good time, uh, to do this. And obviously it'll, pl- uh, uh, offer a, a way for specifically for comic book retailers to go go to bank and, and get support too. So. And yeah. And, uh, you know, the Forge Fund was started last year. Yeah. Uh, with a very generous endowment from um, from Lion Forge, and obviously it was for stores that were in distress uh, because mm-hmm. stores were in distress, 
from different things before all this began. I mean, I'm sure they never thought it was going to be used in this circumstance, but uh, definitely coming in handy. Because as we've heard, you know, a lot of people are like, well, apply for your, your small business loan. That'll solve everything. And then, you know, not to go too far down this road, but uh, <laughs> out of the $350 billion that were available, a lot of it went to big, giant corporations and very few small mom-and-pop businesses actually got loans. Yeah, you know, so and but, some you know, what you might describe as middle business uh, corporations, maybe not giant, but certainly not mom and pop. Right. No, right. no, well, not at all. What was it? Shake Shack got one. Shake Shack. They gave a, yeah, they gave and Shake Shack has parents. like thousands of employees, so it's sort of bizarre. But yeah. there you go. Um, so, um, uh, well, just one more real, real quick, uh, you know, a, yeah, a, uh, just to kind of give an idea of the, of the magnitude of the problem we're dealing with, um, you know, Forbidden Planet here in New York has launched an Indiegogo oh, yeah. because they, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of shops have mail order and, you know, it doesn't make as much money as a walk-in, but it makes some money. So people are, are, a lot of shops have turned to mail order. Now, Forbidden Planet did not have a mail order in place. Now they have one, but it's, you know, they're not making any money. And they're a store that's located on a very, very expensive part of Broadway. And uh, they have an Indiegogo, and they're looking for $300,000. Okay? Now, that's a lot of money. It is. Uh, I'm not sure they're going to make it, but, um, you know, that just shows what we're dealing with. And, you know, without Forbidden Planet, that would be really bad because it's a great store. It's a great store with an incredible legacy. It's a legendary it store, and it, they've had three locations, they've, and they've all been uh, basically within the same block, <laughs> uh, yeah. two blocks on Broadway. And uh, it's hard to even imagine the city without Forbidden Planet. So they're really in a bind. They've been completely shut down. Um, I noticed this morning that their donations seem to have kicked off. It's really moving up a little bit now. It was moving kind of slow for a while. Uh, and they were a part of our um, annual comics retailing feature and the follow-up we did with uh, retailers afterwards about uh, how they were surviving and dealing with the pandemic. So GoFundMe for go for, for, for Ben Planet. They can use the help. Yeah, and they're kind of a unique store. Um they're not just strictly comics only. They're also very heavily a, a sort of memorabilia and bookstore as well. Um, and so it's not really a niche that is filled by any other store. Um, no, they have a the massive hand, book selection. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go on, okay. on the other, yeah, on the other hand, they, in order to fit that massive book selection, um, they are on the ground floor, like two or three blocks from Union Square which is really, really prime retail. I mean, even that behemoth uh, Midtown Comics sticks strictly to um, second-floor walk-ups because New York real estate's really expensive. <laughs> it really is. And in some ways, this store harks back to another time in New York when you know quirky, uh, independently-owned stores of all kinds defined New York retail – so uh, it, it's it, I can't even imagine uh, New York City without Forbidden Planet. I, I consider it my my local comic shop. Uh, it, certainly now that St. Mark's is is no longer there, so uh, help them out. So can we uh, look very quickly talk about uh, digital a little bit? Yes, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. do it. Uh, and we've talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, we've talked about you know DC's plans. We're talking about the we've talked about the fear of digital. But at the same time, we're actually kind of living in a really kind of a new era where digital comics that are very different in some ways 
from what we're talking about because we're not talking about digital comics, for instance, that are trying to recreate the classic comic book page that we all have grown up with. We're talking about digital comics that are actually thinking about it and organizing how they do their visual storytelling in a completely different way. Um, there was a um, there was a new uh, in some ways, this new venture is that, though. It is kind of an old um, ability to bring book comics to you in a digital form in a way that's economical and quick, and that's called Mangamo. It was launched last week. Um, they uh, It was launched by a pioneer in bringing uh, Japanese comics into the American market, Dallas Mitta, who has been – he's done it all. You know he's yeah. he's uh, you know he's written comics. He's been an editor. He was one of the, the first publishers of Delray manga. He segued into Random House Publishing when um, uh, Publishing Services, which was the distributor of Kodansha Comics. Uh, he worked at Crunchyroll in streaming manga. Now he has one of the founders of this, which is a well-funded and well-thought-out mobile app that will be delivering. Um, so right now, about 300 different titles from 11 different publishers with more to come. Uh, I'm going to be publishing a story next week by Rod Salko. Which it might be next week or the week after, but you'll, you'll, you'll know when it's out there, uh, that looks at, uh, three other digital publishers that are more like what I was talking about. The vertical scroll, uh, rethinking of how you tell a story. And that's Webtoons, Tapas Media, and uh, Stella, which we, we've talked about on this program before. We've talked about all of them. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little surprised to see Stella on there that it's still around because I know, but they are still around. You know, I They're, would add, yeah. I would add webcomics collectives like Hiveworks also. I mean, yes. uh, the former host of the beat, but, uh, you know, I've gotten to know them pretty well. And they're another, like, you know, very strong model for how to do this. And, uh, there's, you know, there's a couple of other, like, collectives, uh, out there like that. But yeah, I, I, I've said this, you know, I mean, I hate to say it, you guys, I've done a lot of podcasts, I've done a lot of interviews since this all began. And that's all anybody does these days. But on every single one, I say the same thing. Nobody seems to be talking about webtoons and tapas going out of business. Right, you know, uh, no distribution problem there. Yeah, yeah, and it's just <laughs> it's, additive. It's in your pocket. The distribution is in your pocket right now. So, yeah. Yeah. so yeah. Anyway, uh, so so we're looking at a future, uh, and instead of looking at this as the end or the you know of, of something or some uh, uh, apocalypse, I really see it as a huge new uh, window, a new frontier, if you will, uh, for comics, um, reading, creating, and consuming. So um, you're going to be able to buy comics in a whole lot of different ways going going forward. And this is uh, – I, I, I expect it, eternal optimist that I am, that this is going to expand the market for comics. We'll see. Well, they were certainly expanding beforehand, and, you know, look, we're coming yes. out of this into a wasteland of economic world global depression. So it's going to take a while for a lot of things to get back <laughs> to where we'd like them to be. But, yeah, comics will be in there. Like, you know, is, is anybody reading comics, Kate? Are you reading comics? Um, I've got some just random stuff sitting around that I had been planning to read. And when I was, you know, cleaning my room last weekend, as one does when one is locked into one's apartment, um, you know, I came upon some books. I was like, oh, hey, this is actually pretty good. Yeah, I like this. I mean, too bad that publisher closed down two years ago, but uh, I like it. 
<laughs> well, we should talk well, about. Yeah. I'm sure nothing will happen in the next two weeks before we're oh, together. Of so not. you know, yeah, I'm sure to, you yeah. know. So maybe we'll just talk about some books that we've read next time. Yeah, that's right. but you yeah, know, right. I'm going to jump in real quick and mention that uh, PW is also sponsoring. Uh, was, we're talking about reading books. They're a program uh, to uh, basically it's just a, a, a an effort to show support to books, and it's called. It's the hashtag books are essential. Um, and that just means that books, uh, as well as the people that produce them at every level of book publishing are important in this time of pandemic and in times of, of isolation and shelter in place. So go online, use that hashtag and you'll see what I'm talking about. I've also been reading a fabulous graphic novel that came out of Lagos, Nigeria. It's called On a J.A. Crawther Street by Al Nathan John and Alaba Onajan. Check it out. It's a smart social satire about contemporary uh, Nigerian society uh, that, comp- that kind of a, a mix of exposing social hypocrisy and vicious ho- homophobia. But it's smart and it's really funny and it's really uh, kind of a, a, a find. So who there you published go. it, Calvin? It's published by I I I. It's published by a. I, I'm I'm clicking through. Hold on, I can tell you. Uh, Cassava Republic, which is apparently a very um, uh, prominent indie publisher in the UK, if I'm not – no, I, I think it's a – actually, I think it's a Nigerian publisher. So pardon if I've mangled its origins, but the publisher is Cassava Republic on a giant right. Crawford Street. Check it out. It's really smart and funny. Awesome. And um, some other news – for companies we're not so worried for is uh Disney. Disney is moving their movie dates. I mean, we kind of knew that was coming, but um Black Widow is not coming out in May. Um and there are going to be no uh Disney releases until June 19th. Um so they're now planning four MCU movies for 2022, which makes it all very crowded as they're trying to push the movies back. Um, so we know that nothing is coming until at least June and Eternals is going to be moved to February. Black Widow is going to be moved to November. Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings is being moved to May 7th, 2021. So, yeah. Yeah, it's um all getting moved back. And Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which it is now confirmed uh, Sam Raimi will be directing, is being moved to November 5th, 2021. So... There you have it. Everything well, they haven't even did back yeah. at least six months. Maybe yeah, they haven't. Probably you know, a good st- idea. <laughs> yeah, and they haven't even started shooting some of those. Like, they haven't started shooting yeah. Doctor Strange two yet, and they're not going to be able to because you know people yeah. are not going to be able to get together to make movies. So yeah, uh, we'll see what happens with that. But you know, eventually we'll be able to go to the movies again. I hope you yeah. know that would be nice. I, I will enjoy that when it's safe to do so. Yes, there you go. All right. Yeah. Well, so. All right, guys. I think we're just about out of time. Yeah, I think we are. Uh, we de- yeah. 
All right. So, well, uh, uh, but, you know, as always, you know, check us out on social media. Uh, give us a rating. Uh, let yes. us know what you think. Uh, keep listening. Send us letters. Uh, you know, we know you're out there because I got a lot of notes uh, after our last podcast. So, yeah, good. All right. Okay. So, as always, there will be more to come.